All right, bye guys. All right, what level of concern should I have that our children do not know what a bar of soap looks like? I'm going to have to think on that one a little bit. I'm a little concerned there. Um, uh, two, uh, two things, we're going to get into the Word of God here in just a second. Two things, though, just uh, two praises. Number one, how awesome is it that we didn't have enough space up here this morning? And then number two, let's uh, go ahead and praise the kids, yeah. And then number two, uh, how awesome was it to see the choir up there this morning? And so that's, that's a praise as well. Uh, and as Connie would want me to say, the choir always welcomes new members, and, and we'd love to see, it was a good number up there this morning, we'd love to see it grow beyond that. All right, grab your Bible, Acts chapter 9, let's dig into the Word of God together. Acts chapter 9, we're finishing up the sermon series about... Um, social media and scrolling, and we want to talk about um, a subject that's kind of important, not so much for the, the, the thing itself, but for the way that it gets us going in the wrong direction. This is the last sermon in the social media series on the scrolling series. Next week, we're going to start a sermon series uh, called that uh, something like, I haven't exactly decided, but something like, uh, that doesn't mean what you think it means. And we're going to be looking at, there's a number of passages in the Bible where we quote them all the time as meaning one thing, when they don't really mean that. Uh, next week is going to be, how many of y'all have ever heard uh, somebody say, and just say amen if you've heard this, how many of y'all ever heard somebody say in church, and a little child shall lead them? Amen? All right, people ha- use that all the time. It is very likely that you have never heard someone use that in a biblically correct way. We almost always use it in a way that the Bible does not at all intend. So we're going to unpack that next week and talk about what the Bible uh, intends there, and then we'll do that on some other subjects in the weeks to come. So I, I think that's going to be interesting. This morning, uh, we're going to look at uh, an example of uh, the, the, um, the idea we want to focus on this morning. Uh, in Acts chapter 9, we're going to start in verse uh, 36. It says this, In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Uh, Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes uh, and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, uh, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. If you have your sermon outline this morning, let's start with uh, the subject we want to talk about, and that is this. Many people think the definition of success is going viral. Many people think the definition of success is going viral. So for 
we all know what that means. It's the idea of posting something, and you know it varies if, if you know somebody really famous posts something that might get you know 100 million views and that would be going viral. If uh, somebody uh, locally posts something, you know, and then you know it, it ends up being shared 100 times or whatever. You know, I, I went, you know, I went viral. I, I, I had a bunch of people look at what I posted, and that's really become something. As you look at the number of people that you know, like try to create content for TikTok or Instagram or whatever, and, and that has become something where, like, that's a serious goal that you know somehow it's a definition of success. That I had a bunch of people look at my uh, at the media that I created. On the other hand, it's considered a definition of um, not being uh, a particularly successful person when somebody posts something and it, it barely gets any likes or barely gets any attention. And because social media is so prevalent, we have elevated that as being, you really accomplish something when you go viral. Now, there's a problem with that. Now, there's nothing wrong with creating a funny video and having a bunch of people watch it. That's not intrinsically bad. And so I'm not saying that going viral is an evil thing or a bad thing. You know, if it happens, that, that, that's fine. But the problem is that for many of us, we have, have come to believe that that somehow represents a worthy goal and that that somehow represents doing something with our lives. And I really got to question that, which leads us to the second thing, and that is defining success. When we think about where we should invest our lives, we need to understand that people are what matter most. We need to understand that people are what matters most. So as we think about that, I, I want to flip over to, to Luke here in just a second. But um, when we think about where to invest our lives, for, for some people, you know, okay, I want to accumulate a lot of money. Having a lot of, of money is the thing that's going to define my life being well lived. For other people, it's possessions. I want to have that car. I want to have that big of a house. or I want to have all this stuff. And that's the definition of a life well lived. For, for other people, it, it might be getting a particular position. They're able to climb to the top of the ladder, and that's a life well lived. As we look at, flip back with me, we're in Acts. Let's just go back two books to, to Luke chapter 10. Um, it's important that we define what a life well lived looks like in order to get, you can't get the goals right if you don't understand what God said a life well lived looks like. And and so there, I'll say kind of similar to what I said a moment ago, there's nothing wrong if you do climb up the corporate ladder because you do a good job at work. There's nothing intrinsically wrong with that. If you end up making a lot of money, there's nothing evil about money. You just got to make sure it doesn't twist you in the wrong direction. But those are not supposed to be our goals. If my goal is I want to make a ton of money in life, I don't mean to offend you, but let me just put it bluntly. You are wasting your life. You're wasting, if that's your goal, you are wasting the time that God has put you on this earth. There's a different goal that we are to have, and it, it comes back to something that's very simple, and yet we don't think about it. In Luke chapter 10, it says in verse 25, Luke 10, 25, it says, On one occasion an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? Verse 27, he answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. It's the two greatest commandments, right? 
We are to love God, and that's something that, is, you know, as we, as we embrace Jesus Christ and all that he's done for us, we love God. We, that's the first commandment and the most important. And then the second thing is what we love people. Not money, not possessions, not positions in terms of the power that we accumulate. We love people. So when I die and go to eternity... As I get there, um, none of the things that I've owned in this life are going, to, are going to be there. None of the possessions that I have. There, there's not going to be, when I get there, a little title that says, Jim Butcher Pastor, and I get to carry that around all the time. The, the, the positions I had aren't going with me either. But when I get to eternity, the people that I have known will be there. And to the extent that I have invested my life in them, to the extent that I ha- have helped them to grow in Christ and shown them the love of Christ, then as I get there, I will have impacted eternity, not because of the things that I owned, or because of the stuff that I had, or because of the positions that I had, but because of the people that I loved in Jesus' name. And so you, you, we've got to get focused on the right goal. Obviously, number one is that we want to love God, and that needs to be the center of our lives. But as I go forward, and I want to spend my life in a way that matters, what I need to do, there's only one thing that is going to be in eternity that's here right, well, two things, the kingdom of God, and the second thing is going to be people. That's it. That, that's the only thing that's going into eternity. So if I'm living for these other things, I'm wasting my life. If I'm loving God and I'm loving people and living to show God's love to people, that is living my life in a way that's going to be eternally significant. If you understand that, say amen. All right. Now, that's important because that leads us to the third thing. And and that's where I want to talk about where social media gets us off track. And then I want to talk about what this passage in Acts has to teach us about the way that we should be living our lives. So the irony of social media. Thanks to social media, we have never been more interconnected and yet never been more lonely. We have never been more interconnected and yet never been more lonely. So let's go back to what we were talking about at the beginning. And, and some of you might say, okay, well, Jim, you said we want to impact people. And so, you know, well, what if I create something that goes viral or, 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 you know, and so it impacts a bunch of people. The problem with social media is that the impact that a particular video may have on me is as shallow as shallow can be. Like, if you make a video that's really funny, I might laugh for two seconds and then I'm on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing it doesn't impact us in a way that is significant in almost any case with social media. And so if I make that my aspiration, I want to do something on there that goes viral and gets a lot of attention so that people will say, oh man, he's really somebody, he's really living his life the way that he should because you know, he, he ended up with that video that went viral. As we think about that, I am going to impact a lot of people in a very shallow way. And that's not significant. That, that doesn't really make a difference. It's also important to understand, to go to the point I made here, when we talk about, okay, I want to use social media in order to try to live a life of impact. I want to impact people in a way through social media that, that is going to, to, to um, make my life worthwhile. Well, the, the irony that I just talked about is the problem. We have never been more interconnected, and yet we've never been more lonely. What does that speak to? It speaks to the fact that at the end of the day, social media cannot impact lives in the way that we can in real life. This is really important, so I'm going to say it again. 
social media cannot impact lives in the way that we can in real life. And so we've got to, we've got to shift from everybody around us is elevating, you know, oh, you know, they're so important because they have so many followers and, and their videos go so viral. They're doing something that really matters. We've got to throw that away and we've got to instead shift over to what we're going to talk about here in Acts chapter uh, 8 in just, a, uh, in just a minute, Acts chapter 9, I'm sorry, and, and talk about the fact that there is a way to impact lives. There is a way to make a difference, to, to go back to loving God and loving people. There's a way to love people that makes an eternal difference and that makes our lives meaningful and that rolls all the way into eternity. And it is the exact opposite of what everybody around us is telling us to do. That's the fourth thing, is this. Making an impact. To touch lives, don't think viral. Instead, think small. To touch lives, don't think viral. Instead, think small. So, look with me at this passage. Um, we have this lady who is... Um, Verse 36, in Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, in Greek her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. Then, verse 37, she dies. Um, the things she did, um, she just made clothes for people. And she just w was helping those, notice it says, um, in verse 36, she was helping the poor. And down in verse 39, it talks about the widows. She was just helping people in need. She was just, you know, providing some assistance to them. Maybe she was making clothes for them or cook something. Like, I mean, it's very boring. It's very everyday. It's very small compared to having 100 million people watch a video that you made. It's so small. But, Look at 38. Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Do you sense the urgency there? Now, you don't send somebody to another town and beg Peter to come for somebody that, eh, yeah, I mean, they were all right. This was somebody that had made a difference in their lives. And then look at 39. Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs. All the widows stood around him. What's the next word? Crying. Crying. That was the impact that she had on them. It was so emotional. She had made such a difference in their lives. Crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Um, so we think about all this viral stuff being so important. And the reality is to really have an impact on people's lives, we need to throw that away and think very small. What do I mean? I mean, like, there's a student in your class, and you can tell um, that she's having a really horrible week. And so you send her a message and say, hey, I'm concerned about you. What's going on? It's, it's one little text to one 
person. It's so small. And yet, that may have an incredible impact on that person's life. Just this week, um, I, I saw somebody saying something, somebody I know in town, and they had posted a couple things that kind of made me wonder about what was going on in their lives. And so I literally just sent a text and said, are you okay? Two minutes later, they call me. And we end up in a 45-minute conversation about, and it wasn't anything like super, super big, but, but there were some things. We ended up in a 45-minute conversation, and, and it was a good conversation. And at the end of it, after the conversation was over, 10 minutes later, the person texted me and said, I appreciate you checking on me. That's so, it was one text to one person. I didn't go viral with 100 million hits. And yeah, I'm going to say this, and I hope I'm not overstating it. I think in that one text, that one conversation, I might have had a bigger impact than somebody who had a video with 100 million hits. Why? Because it was somebody's life. When we bake a cake and take it over to somebody who's, who, who's having a bad week, or, or when we go to somebody who's struggling and take them out to lunch, when we do all these small things where it's one person talking to one person, or one person texting one person, or one person making a phone call, it is in these small things that we make an impact. None of us could probably say today, if we were scrolling Facebook last night, probably none of us remember any of the videos that we watch. But we could go around the room right now, and every single one of us could talk about a time where we were struggling, and somebody called us, and that call meant the world, just because they called to check if we were okay. Just because they checked to see if we were doing all right. And we have bought, in the church, We've often bought into this lie that, you know, it's all about social media and going viral, when the reality is, look at this passage. Dorcas does nothing except love these people in very small ways, and they are weeping when she dies. We need to understand that the opportunity that we have to impact people's lives comes in the very small things. And this is why I think what we're talking about this morning is so important, especially for our young people, is because... Everything is being, everything in our, in our culture pushes toward, you know, like you're not really doing anything if you're not doing something big. You're not doing anything if you're not hitting, uh, getting lots of people paying attention to you on social media. And in reality, that has almost no impact on life. Whereas wide open to all of us is caring about somebody and sending a text to somebody and being concerned about somebody. Um, last, Wednesday, or last Sunday night, we had church in the country at Bill and Sheila's house, and we were doing testimonies. And I hope it's okay if I share this, Alice. Alice gave a testimony, and she said, last night she said she, you know, she had been kind of sick, and some cards had been sent, and she had a friend come over to her house, and she had the cards from the church lined up on, on the mantel or a table or something. And, and somebody was looking at the cards, and, and he was like, who died? And uh, she said, nobody died. She said, I was just a little bit sick, and my church sent me cards. And he was like, people still do that? Um, and he was so impressed. Like, it's just a card. You know what? When you're sick and you're not feeling good and you get a card in the mail that says, I'm praying for you, that means something. It does. And so we need to throw aside this idea that's being put out before us of the need to go viral and come back to what Dorcas here is doing, very small, touching lives all around us. And here's the thing, going back to what I said a moment about being interconnected but lonelier than ever, the... The harvest field to impact people has never been 
riper than it is right now. Why? Because people have never been lonelier than they are right now. And when you take a second to actually care about somebody, when you take a moment to say, I'm going to pray for you, and then come back later and say, hey, listen, I've been praying for you. How's that going? It's going to impact people because we live in a culture that is so focused on the shallow social media stuff. We have an, an opportunity to have an outsized impact just by caring about people. Flip with me. I want to go back over to a little past Luke there. Go back to Matthew 25 for just a second. Matthew 25. And I want to close with this. Matthew chapter 25. Because, and what I want to emphasize as I close is... Um, I want to convince you how central this is. Um, and because I'm afraid what's in your head is, okay, Jim, that was a nice little sermon about being nice to people, and, you know, it's like a nice little bonus, you know, if you have time to be nice. I, I want to convince you, as I close, how central this is to what Jesus wants us to do and how he wants us to live our lives. So Jesus tells a story here, He's talking about the sheep and the goats. He's talking about final judgment when we stand before God. And pay, pay attention. Matthew chapter 25, and let's start in verse 34. You know these words, but think about it in the context of what we've just been talking about, about small things. Matthew 25, 34. Then the king, that's Jesus, will say to those on his right, those are the ones who, um, who did what he asked them to do and who were living for him. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Pause. He's about to say what identified them as being people who loved the way he wanted them to love. He's not about to say, you whose doctrine was absolutely infallible, you who showed up every Sunday morning no matter how much it rained, those are both great, and we need to do those. Listen to what he says. For I was what? Hungry, and you gave me something to eat. That sounds like Dorcas, doesn't it? I was what? Thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a what? Stranger, and you invited me in. I needed what? Clothes, and you clothed me. I was what? Sick, and you looked after me. I was in what? And you came to visit me. Every single one of those things is so small. You made a visit. You, you cooked a meal. It's all small. You gave somebody a drink. Such small stuff. Look at 37 of then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me.
So over here we have viral. And not just viral, but what if, what if we got, went viral and then like somebody important uh, noticed us and like we became viral and somebody that really what was a, a social media player knew that we did that. Wouldn't that be awesome? Who cares? Over here, when I do something small, not occasionally, every time I do something small, I clothe somebody, I give somebody a meal, I, I am concerned about the sick. Every, every single time I do that, I meet Jesus. Every single, it doesn't matter how small, it doesn't matter that nobody else knows, it doesn't matter that it's never going to make social media, it doesn't matter it's just me and this one person. Every time I do that, I meet Jesus. You can keep Kim Kardashian. I'll take meeting Jesus. And so that leads us to the last point. And that's it. Why does this work? And the answer is your heart fills their need. Your heart fills their need. Let's go back to Acts chapter 9 as we close. I want you to notice, uh, we alluded to this earlier, but I want to, I want to emphasize again in verse 39. Acts chapter 9, verse 39. Where it says, Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows, all the widows. There was not Social Security back then. That, like, when you were a widow, you were on your own. You were struggling to, to make it. And so Dorcas comes, and in the midst of where these people had a need, she comes and offers this. And you go as well as I do. When you are struggling, when you're struggling financially and somebody comes and helps you, that means twice as much as it did before. When you're struggling emotionally and somebody says, how are you doing? It means twice as much as it does before. When we come in the midst of a world where everybody's just kind of pulled back, when we come and we share our heart, I'm concerned about you, and they have a genuine need. There's loneliness, or there's poverty, or there's whatever the situation is, and we, our heart meets their need. Our heart fills their need. We, in that moment, make an impact that they will likely remember the rest of their lives. Quit believing the junk about how going viral is going to make a difference. Don't worry about that. Think small and meet Jesus every time that you do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, forgive us for buying into what the world is telling us is important. When you've made it so obvious, I mean, it's the greatest commandment. And it's the parable of the sheep and the goats. Like, we, we all know this stuff. And yet we buy the stupidity that the world is putting in front of us anyway. Father, help us this week to look for those small, anonymous opportunities to be small in showing your love and that as we give our heart to someone, to know that you are in that and that Jesus is there. I pray in Jesus' name.